0: Hey, batter batter, are you ready to hit a home run with flavor? Step up to the plate and swing by Penn Station East Coast Subs, where every bite is a grand slam. Craving a classic Philly cheesesteak or maybe a savory chicken teriyaki? Or how about loading up on their delicious fresh-cut fries? Call it a triple play by ordering Penn Station's signature fresh-squeezed lemonade. When it comes to subs, Penn Station is the big league. Order online at penn-station.com or stop at a store near you. Penn Station East Coast Subs. Welcome back everybody to rams up your favorite la rams podcast you can also follow us on youtube We've got some great video content our youtube handle is at la rams up you can follow us on instagram as well i'm your host mark let's get to it Welcome back, Ram fans. Our third drop this week. There is just too much going on. Well, that's actually not true from a Ram's perspective. Very little going on, but it is kind of exciting. It's starting to clear up what the Rams are doing here, what their front office is trying to accomplish. It may disappoint us in the short term, but in the long term, I think the Rams are headed in the right direction just to get you caught up. Gone Bobby Wagner, Leonard Floyd, Matt Gay, Jalen Ramsey, Matt Orzek, and apparently Nick Scott. Still on the trading block, Alan Robinson. Additional free agents who might be headed out the door, Marquise Copeland, A'shaun Robinson, Greg Gaines, Taylor Rapp, getting some interest across the league, Troy Hill, and David Edwards. Who have the Rams signed? No external free agents. Coleman Shelton, who had opted out of his second year, is signed back on, and he can opt out again next year if he plays in 55% of the Rams snaps. So that is good news. Shelton, at best, is a starter at any one of those three interior line positions, and at worst, is just a stabilizing force and adds depth to that unit. So what are the Rams doing? Well, they are taking it on the chin this year, as Paul, Tom, and I talked about the other day. Taking it on the chin this year, as far as the cap and roster hits, they've opened up about $10 million in cap space this year. Can't do a whole lot with that. And they have $53 million in dead cap money. They chose not to spread that across 2024. So where does that leave them next year in pretty good shape? Currently $58.5 million in cap space next year with zero dead money. And how are the Rams going to get hit free agency-wise next year? The guys at risk of leaving, Tyler Higbee, Van Jefferson, Cam Akers, Jordan Fuller, and Michael Hoyt. And yes, I'm including Michael Hoyt. How high of demand he's going to be in next year will depend on how he performs in 2023. Currently, our leading edge rusher. So yes, Michael Hoyt could end up being a key departure. But overall, that's not a significant list of players the Rams could potentially lose in 2024. So what are the Rams going to do moving forward in the short term? Well, they have 11 draft picks this year. This is an opportunity for them to add additional picks, move around in the draft, come back with 12 or 13 picks perhaps. Hope four or five of them stick as starters and roll into 2024 with all that cat space, add a few more rookies, go out and sign some free agents, and run it back in 2024. They could also use this draft as an opportunity to move up, reduce their number of picks, and go after some key guys they really like. It's probably going to be a mix of the two. I originally thought they could move around and come out of this draft with 13, 14, 15 guys, but that's pretty rare for a team to do that. Right now they have 11. They could reduce that number to 8 or 9 and move up and move up into late in the first round or maybe add a pick late in the second round, add a fourth round pick. Who knows? But they're in a good position coming into this draft. They can move around and, and just bring in a bunch of rookies, scatter them across this roster, and then roll into 2024 and make a run at it. Another strategy they could take, and my special assistant is leaning towards this, is try to pick up some extra picks in the 2024 draft along the way, positioning them to move up and grab the players they really like in next year's draft. Now, that's not to say we can kiss 2023 goodbye. I heard someone comment, look what they've done to this roster, it's pitiful, and it's actually not a bad roster. We've lost some key guys, obviously, but this roster is still okay and has the potential to win nine or ten games, I think. They just need to play well, stay healthy, draft well this year, and maybe they'll be okay. But it is clear, no doubt about it, they're focused on 2024. They're going to take the Seattle Seahawks route of 2022, bring in some good rookies, teach them how to play the game, evaluate these guys, Make a run at the playoffs, perhaps, if things break your way like they did for the Seahawks last year. And if it does, that's just icing on the cake. You're really just learning about these new players, these young guys, figuring out what you need for 2024 in the draft and free agency, and then go out and get the guys you need to make a run at it with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. Perhaps one last shot. For Stafford and Donald, so what could they do with these eleven picks? Well, I went through a draft. I went through the most likely scenario of what they will do with this 2023 draft, and that is add a fourth-round pick by moving down in the third round. So, my most recent mock draft went something like this: that first pick, I ended up with B.J. Ogilari, the edge rusher out of LSU, and keep in mind. The names of the players aren't that impactful here, aren't that meaningful. I'm just trying to demonstrate the types of players they can bring in, the positions that they can draft, and the players they can assess during 2023 so they can be better prepared for shaping their 2024 roster. In this particular draft, after picking Ojolari, I got to my third round pick, number 69 overall, and I traded back and picked up a 4th and 5th round pick. I still had the 77th pick, and I drafted T. J. Turner, the cornerback out of Michigan. So I added two guys at positions of dire need on this roster, two really promising players, Ojalary, the edge rusher, and T. J. Turner, the cornerback. I had that 4th round pick I picked up in the trade, and I drafted Zach Evans, the running back out of Mississippi, Not convinced the Rams will draft a running back this high. Cam Akers will be a free agent. And I doubt they're going to bring in a free agent running back this year or next. So you draft Cam Akers, heir apparent, or if nothing else, some quality depth at that position. Number 167 overall, I took Alex Austin, the cornerback, out of Oregon State. So I've drafted two cornerbacks to really beef up that secondary. Needed help there badly. And at 171, I drafted Ricky Stromberg Interior offensive line out of Arkansas. These last two guys are two guys that Scott Richmond, our guest last week, really liked. 172 overall. I found a backup quarterback for us and someone for Stafford to hand the reins to over in a couple years, maybe. Jake Hayner, the quarterback out of Fresno State. I really liked that pick. Again, not sure if the Rams would go quarterback, but don't have a problem with that pick. 177 overall. I beefed up that middle linebacker group, which needs help badly. Ventro Miller out of Florida. At 182, Jay Ward, the safety out of LSU. Right now we have three safeties I like returning, but Jordan Fuller will be a free agent next year. Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott apparently gone, so we bring in Ward, another safety. And at 189 the tight end Will Mallory out of Miami. There are so many good tight ends in this draft, and I was hoping a couple of other guys would be there, but they weren't. I settled for Mallory. Now, interesting note on the tight end group. I'm starting to think that they may keep Tyler Higbee around this year. They could cut him and create some space, but not sure it really matters. Don't think they're really going to go out and sign any significant free agents, so maybe they just keep Higbee around. But if they decide not to, they got Hunter Long, they got in the trade, Bryson Hopkins, and rookie Will Mallory. At 191, don't know what's going on with A. Sean and Greg Gaines right now, but I added a defensive lineman, Tyler Lacey, out of Oklahoma State. And at 223, still there, very surprisingly, the running back, Chris Rodriguez Jr., out of Kentucky, now. He probably wouldn't be there, and I don't think the Rams are drafting two running backs, but but if a guy you really like falls onto your lap this late in the draft, you grab him. And at 251, I think the Rams would take a wide receiver earlier, but hadn't taken one yet. My last pick of this draft, Jaden Hazelwood, the wide receiver out of Arkansas. And if you care, the mock draft database gave me... A-pluses for five of these picks. Ojalari and Turner, the first two picks. Jay Ward, the safety. Tyler Lacey, the defensive lineman. And Jaden Hazelwood, the last pick, the wide receiver. So yes, it's a confusing time for Ram fans, but it's starting to clear up. Starting to understand where this team is headed. In a nutshell, I would say the Rams are using 2023 to clear cap space. Take it on the chin on the salary cap, bring in a bunch of rookies, evaluate them, but still make a run at the playoffs. This team is good enough to be relevant and to be very competitive. And then in 2024, all systems go. The Rams are going to do whatever it takes to solve whatever problems they have identified during the 2023 season, whether that's the offensive line The wide receiver group, defensive line, cornerbacks, whatever it is, they're going to bring in free agents to solve those problems and buffer that with additional picks in the NFL draft. And remember, they have their first rounder next year. Some other notes across the league. The Bengals steal Orlando Brown from the Chiefs. That is really big. The 49ers add Javon Hargrave, their defensive line, getting a little nastier. And they also re-signed center Jake Brendel. That's a guy we might have had our eyes on in a different year, not in 2023, apparently. That's a guy the Rams might have had their eye on, at least in a different year, not in 2023, the way they're managing things this year. But Brandel stays with the 49ers. And again, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Our Top 50 Players Countdown continues. We're into the 30s. Next up, just for fun, I got a sports pet peeve. Haven't had one in a while. Share a short one with you in a second. Ready for the underdogs, upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is almost here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, All customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Now, for me, I'm leaning on the UCLA Bruins. They lost to Jalen Clark for the season, perhaps the best defender in the country. But this is a well-coached team. They're very deep. A lot of people are going to be giving up on them and the odds should reflect that. Don't give up on our UCLA Bruins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Been a little bit thin on my sports pet peeves lately, but with March Madness underway, I have a timely one, and it's all about diving for loose balls. You know, announcers love it. Love to call out the hustle when basketball players dive for loose balls, and I'm going to opined that in most instances, it's a bad idea. Why do I bring this up? Well, Adam Bona, the UCLA big man missing some time, sat out that Pac-12 tournament championship game in the first round of the NCAA tournament because, you guessed it, he dove for a loose ball and hurt his shoulder in an earlier game. And I'm going to start this discussion by going back to an old Dodger favorite of mine. Shortstop Bill Russell played with that great group of infielders that played together for like a decade. Steve Garvey, Davey Lopes, Bill Russell, and Ron Say. And Bill Russell was probably the least known of the group. A very steady, reliable shortstop. Had some throwing problems early in his career. He was a converted outfielder. Pretty solid shortstop, though. Not an all-star type player but a pretty good shortstop. He played in the same era as guys like Davey Concepcion, so he kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people. He took some heat during his career for never diving for a ground ball, and he addressed that at one time. This is my recollection of that anyways. Good luck trying to find this quote. It was before the internet existed. It was a long time ago. But he basically said, as I recall... That look at, if I don't dive for that ground ball, it's going to be a single. Outfielder's is going to scoop up the ball, runner held it first, move on to the next play. If I dive for that ground ball, there's a chance I can turn that into an out, but maybe 50-50 or less than that. I could also hurt my shoulder, my wrist, my arm, and be out for a few weeks. I could also hit the ball with my glove, slow it down, scoots towards the foul line, and the runner turns it into a double, and I still have the risk of hurting my shoulder or my wrist or my arm. I'm not diving for a ground ball on a Wednesday night game in July at the Padres. Just not worth it. World Series Game 7. Yeah, maybe I'll rethink that. Back to basketball. I think it's a bad idea to be diving for loose balls unless it's a really, really important game, a tournament elimination game, an NBA Finals. My special assistant was telling me that he has seen guys in City Leagues diving for loose balls. Hey, if it's five guys from Italy versus the Moonshiners on a Tuesday night City League in West Covina, don't be diving for loose balls. You're not only going to risk hurting yourself, you're going to hurt somebody else. Game seven of the NBA Finals, down three with three minutes left. Yeah, go ahead and die for the loose ball. Otherwise, let the other team have it. Live to fight another day. That's going to do it this episode remember you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com visit our website at ramsup.com and don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com Till next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there music courtesy of the youtube audio library tracks featuring bar crawl by track tribe Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamahama.